pronghorn antelope season has been open a lot of different places. And finally, Mr. Luke Clayton, I'm going to get to go hunting pronghorn antelope in New Mexico, up around Springer, kind of south of Raton. I'm as excited as I can be, but I'll have to tell you, just right before I left, or I'll leave for that trip, I will be spending some time on my place. These bucks where I live, the white-tailed bucks, they're about to start rubbing their antlers. They're fully grown, and some places it'll be a little bit later, but there's some other places around where, you know, it's going to start time to be, won't be long before we start looking for scrapes, but particularly right now, we'll start looking for some rubs. Well, I tell you what, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about, but first... I wanna I wanna make a request. When you get back, I, I would yep yep uh, I would like to have a chunk, not all of it, but a chunk of that uh, antelope backstrap. All you got to do is freeze it, stick it in one of them coolers, and and next time we're together up in East Texas, I want you to bring that because I you know I've eaten antelope maybe twice in my life, and it's been a long time. I want to try some more of it. So uh, that that's a that's a request there, you know. Luke, I got a feeling that is going to happen. The beauty of it is, uh, we're kind of live this thing kind of toward whitetail, but you know, with the pronghorn, uh, where we're hunting in New Mexico, that rut doesn't occur for probably another, oh my gosh, another three weeks or so. So yeah. those bucks, they're, they're, you know, they're kind of like goats in some ways. They're not related to goats other than they're four feet and have true horn kind of thing. But, uh, at the same time, they will pee on their heads and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing, so that it to, to smell very uh, aromatic, I guess, to the to the those that are out there. But so these deer, I mean, these antelope, when we take these antelope, they're not yet into the rut, so they shouldn't be tainted by that kind of thing going on. So I can tell you from past experiences of, of hunting up in that part of the country that those antelope we're going to be hunting they're they've had tremendous rains up there too i must add and so they've had green grass green oh weeds all summer long and my gosh i got a feeling they're going to be absolutely delicious so i think you're going to be very pleasantly pleased when i bring you a piece of that back uh, well it'll it'll serve as a as an evening meal at our hog camp up in east there Texas. you go you betcha there you go. well yeah and uh you know i drove i used to drive through springer right through there Going oh, yeah. to uh, Angel Fire, I used to hunt that Taos Pueblo Indian Reservation for a few years. Had a buddy that was the head guide up there. On uh, They leased that whole thing. But, man, I remember driving through Springer. And actually the outfitter there also outfitted uh, uh, antelope hunts in Springer. And uh, I don't know if there's a – that's the epicenter of antelope. Of pronghorn antelope as far as i'm concerned lots of them up there you know i remember driving through and counting the herds of them but we back to whitetail two whitetail deer larry uh you know you'd mentioned the rub the rubs that's an interesting topic rubs um and right now you know the deer are a lot of them are some of them are rubbed out depending on where they are i guess by rubbed out i mean they've removed all their velvet uh, but they, they do, they hook bushes and, and rub that velvet, but the velvet would come off even if they didn't do that, right? That's exactly right. What happens is this time of the year, when those antlers are completely grown, completely, uh, turned to bone, if you will, you know, the solidified kind of thing. At that point, the testosterone level reaches a certain level and it constricts the blood vessels going into what used to be the antler growing area. 
And when that happens, there's still a few nerves up in there and kind of itches a little bit, but it would crack and fall off. And the rubbing, actually, what it does, it facilitates it coming off a lot quicker. And if, you were, if you've ever been out in the woods, and, and most everybody we're talking with, you know, has, you very seldom find any velvet, you know, where it came off. And that's because as those bucks, as it comes off, generally those bucks have a tendency to eat that velvet. And that's just a conservation of energy kind of thing. But what's happening right now, that testosterone level is slowly increasing even more so than where it was when, when the velvet starts coming off. <coughs> Excuse me. When that happens, it, those, those bucks, it, in preparation for the, the fighting and things that they'll do later on, they're trying to strengthen those neck muscles. And using those antlers to rub on things is really what does that. Uh, it's an increase in blood supply, and that's probably comes from a level of testosterone and, you know, and other hormones uh, that create those bigger muscles, you know, in, in their neck for a short period of time, if you will, only during the time when they're hooking the bushes during the mm-hmm. rut. And then it kind of, their neck's kind of slowing down again. But uh, a lot of that that's going on right now and will happen here in the next, oh, gosh, probably the next month or so uh, is kind of in preparation for, for fighting and, and uh, those kind of things. And so that's what well, that's why they're rubbing those uh, – those bushes, but then also scent comes into play kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The white tails are not really truly territorial to where they'll defend the territory. Uh, Some of them may, some of them may not. But uh, the the other reason is they do have uh, scent glands, you know, those preorbital type glands, uh, lacrimal glands, whatever you want to call them right in front of the eyes. And then there there is a certain amount of of gland uh, glandular type things on that forehead where they're rubbing as well, too. So rubbing, there's a lot of reason for them doing it. Yep. Uh, you know, the later later in the season, during the rut, you know, as as the the fall continue progresses and the deer get into the the hard rut, I call it when they're actually chasing. Uh, I've watched deer bucks uh, have actually you know on rubs, but actually kind of uh, isometric type deal where they're you know they're not just they're pushing they're pushing against those those saplings and things like that. And uh, I guess that's nature's weight bench for them, in a way, you know? <laughs> you know, you know you, you're exactly right. There's a lot of that that goes on. And, and you mentioned there are all kinds of rubs. It, you know, to me, it's, it's kind of like some other things. They're either active or inactive. Yep. Right now. But when I'm out looking for rubs, and I do, I, I scout after the hunting season is over a lot, so I don't have to go into some of these areas and spook things out right before the season starts or let them even know that I'm in the area. But I'm always looking for trees that are, oh, anywhere from two to about six, eight inches in diameter and that have shown signs of having been rubbed in the past, you know, where there's a a rub area all the way to the trunk itself, and then you can see where the the bark has tried to heal, you know, Mm -hmm. itself again. And where those kind of rubs, that, those to me indicate that there have been bucks in that area for a long time. And also, a lot of times, some of those bucks, uh, again, they're very individual, just like humans are. But some of those bucks will return to those same rubs year after year after year. To me, when I find those places that have been rubbed in the past and rubbed right now, that's an area that I want to spend some time in hunting. You bet. You know, for for many, I say many, probably <clears throat> six or eight years, we had an international paper company lease up in Marion County, 
yes, nor- northeast Texas, north of Jefferson, between up around Lind- 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 Lindale. Lindale. Lindale, yes. Okay, yep. We'll get it right. <laughs> uh, up around there. And uh, so I watched the deer year to year, and there were that was back, oh, gosh, this has been 25 years ago, but it was a deer boon. I mean, there were lots of deer. Cass County, Marion County, uh, there were too many deer, honestly. But you could watch. Uh, I learned that 640 acres so well that I could go back ridge lines. There was a, there was a big uh, draw, mm-hmm. and then there was a, you know, obviously a ridge line that went around it and the pine plantation out in the middle, hardwoods along the top of that ridge. Every year, I mean, you could set your watch to it. You could, I could go out there and show you the new, uh, the, the rub line, and those bucks would definitely, no doubt about it, they would work that ridge line. I uh, don't know why they like to do that, but after about 80 years of hunting deer, <laughs> I, no, I've not had, I wonder why. You know, they, they do. I know you know that. You've seen that a million times. But they do like ridge lines, don't they, for some reason? They, they, they do. They like ridge lines, and they'll like the edges of opening, too, when yep. it comes to both rubs and scrapes, because that's, that's usually their travel line. And, mm-hmm. and you mentioned kind of rub line, and, yeah, a lot of times bucks have a kind of a – Oh, kind of an egg-shaped circuit that they make, that they travel. And as they walk, they'll go by a certain bush or, or tree most of the time, or sapling, as you mentioned, and they'll rub on this, this tree or this sapling. And you can tell so much about when that happens. You can tell, because if you look at those, they're generally just kind of rubbed on one side. Mm-hmm. And there'll be a kind of a community rub occasionally where they, and they kind of essentially kill the tree because it's rubbed on all sides. But in those travel lanes like that, they'll rub on the same side. Well, that tells you which way that they're coming from every time, which way that they're going. And with me and, and a lot of other people, I'm, I love to find those rubs where there's some other limbs around the edges, of, you know, around that primary rub area because you can tell a whole lot by just looking at that because what happens is, is that deer is rubbing if his antlers are going past that tree and hooking a bush somewhere on, you know, beyond that rub, you can tell he's a pretty good idea as to what kind of tine length he has, possibly what kind of spread he has. And then if you look at the surface of that primary rub, if it's really smooth, well, chances are he's got, you know, really smooth antlers. He doesn't have a whole lot of little projections uh, uh, down at the, the base or around the, mm-hmm. where the, the uh, brow tines are, but if, if you find those that are deeply gouged with all kinds of little, almost look like somebody took a uh, oh, a little a chisel of sort, you know, made mm-hmm. little clips here and there kind of thing in that surface, it tells you that that buck probably, his antlers probably have a bunch of little extra points at the base or, you know, around the brow tine area kind of thing, so it's just, just to me, it's one of those things and uh, again, like I said, I'm looking for those that have been rubbed year after year kind of thing, because that tells me that there's a lot of bucks in that area, and uh, sometimes I'll go back to the same one. So, yeah, just, just hunting for rubs and looking for rubs right now, with you can do that without really disturbing an area too much. It's one of those great things about this time of the year to do. You bet. Well, Larry, I've you know through the years I've learned things from you. I've seen things from a lifetime of hunting that I've often wondered about, and you know I had questions about it. You'd be surprised at the number of, of those questions that have been answered by you just kicking around in the woods with you and hunting <laughs> through the years, you know. Uh, I, folks, it's pretty 
pretty cool to be have some information from Mr. Whitetail here. I mean, really. And, uh, you know, I, I really have. I've learned a lot hunting with you, Larry, that maybe not things that I haven't seen, you know, uh, after witnessing a lifetime of deer hunting, but having questions why, you know, why did the deer do this or that? Folks, I've learned a lot from Larry. Larry, uh, it's about time for us to kick the coals on our campfire, I think, today, you know, but we're going to be back with everyone with some deer hunting talk or hogs or something fun next week, aren't we? Absolutely. I'm already looking forward to it, Luke. <laughs> 